the dynasty think tank i am chad parsons he is jordan mcmahon we share our research experience and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes now is the time to seek elite results big three thoughts of the week and you want to talk about elite results and dak prescott is on the proverbial heater uh he had good ancillary and underlying metrics as we were going through this year but you know what a lot of people had some quibbles with his fantasy production well not so much anymore the last three weeks he's lapping the position uh it almost seems like a typo some of the numbers he put up this past week brandon cooks firm report not dead <laughs> very much <laughs> alive there and uh vibrant within that cowboy offense i don't know if they had sleepovers that week but they were they were right there nestled in uh just no, no offense to the Giants, but I thought their defense was lively and better. <laughs> and it was a non-effort by them. Uh, always a non-effort by the, the current iteration of their, uh, their offense. But Dak Prescott, uh, we mentioned him a little bit on talking in uh, after hours this week on the premium side. But uh, here, boy, I mean, this is the exact thing of you invest in profiles and you let those profiles percolate and season on your team and you're with them and you ride the highs and the lows because you know, in aggregate, the highs are going to be better than the alternatives with unsound profiles. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's just funny. Like you look at the, uh, you just look at Dallas and you see all the stuff with Dak Prescott. We came in and talking about, you know, uh, the last, you know, the, 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 him being a buy candidate for a while. Right. And when quarterbacks are down, you, you got to lean into that. He looked early on in the season. And one of the questions we had coming into the season was, you know, where is Prescott relative to like the pass rate. Right. And Mike McCarthy had been a really pass centric guy when he was in green Bay. You know, they had been not, they had been run heavy um, versus expectation uh, under Kellen Moore in Dallas. You know, where was he going to kind of balance out at? Well, you look, it was kind of, kind of middle of the pack to begin uh, the season, kind of a little bit all over the place from a game to game basis. Last couple of games, you know, 7% over expectation, 11% over expectation. And then, you know, this past week it's right at expectation, right? That I don't know how much we can really judge from that game, but like you look at that, like it's starting to take off. Like they're starting to you know, second half of the season with a new play caller, things are kind of trending in the right direction. Um, that's really interesting. And again, when, when, players and profiles we talked about this in after hours uh you know already on the patreon side this week when quarterbacks get low you have to be in on them and prescott is an example there's one or two a year that these things happen with kyler murray and prescott you know really the this this 12 month cycle have been the guys and when they're low you got to buy them because like they're capable of really really high-end things we've seen that from Dak prescott throughout his career uh and a slow start you know, I was, we mentioned our friend um, Adam Harstead on the after hour show, like, you know, quarterbacks, the position that you get to and you get enough sample size to really know who a player is. And by the time you actually get that information, there's still longevity there that you can kind of know into the future. And that's so, so critical. Dak Prescott is like the poster child of that this year. And again, if you bought him low, um, if you've held on, if you struggled to start, like, you've bounced back the last two weeks in a major, major way. 
Yeah. And especially with, with market value tendencies, I mean, you can know at 22, 23 years old that a running back is good, but really the window is going to what, 26, 27, you start leaking oil in terms of their, their flexibility in the marketplace and dynasty at quarterback, you can buy for the long term. I mean, Dak is 30. I, I love the sweet spot of like 28, 29 to about 32, 33, where you have a huge lens in front of you. And yet you still have a lot in the rear view of, I know who this is, you know, whether it's top six finishes, whether it's, you know, you, you have two or three top six finishes, you got seven or eight top 12 finishes, you've got good underlying metrics, you have a good feel, and then you can kind of just sit there and the shares you don't have, you can wait for the down year or the down month or the, he isn't living up to whatever NFL or fantasy expectations that were placed upon him or or you just get tired. You know, I think Kirk Cousins is a great example that you get to a certain point and folks just get tired, right? Like he never was QB one overall, you know, but he had a lot of success and he gets to like 33, 34 years old. And it's like, eh, you know, not super valuable. They assume he's going to be out of the league in a couple of years. And that's where you get big discounts. And you just look for these, like you said, these examples are prevalent all the time. And Dak Prescott is the latest example of, you know, and, and just to reiterate something, you know, Adam Harstead says a lot, which is the way you build elite teams is you wait for either the injury or the downturn in production, because that's the only time really a lot of the dynasty teams you can afford to put together a super team is you have to get discount on pieces. Like you can only go out and pay full freight and empty the holster on Mahomes or Allen or, you know, insert Justin Jefferson, whatever. You can only empty the holster X amount of times, usually once, <laughs> maybe twice, I guess, if you're really building from the bottom down and hitting on your picks and all this stuff. But otherwise, you have to get a discount and kind of work your way up, right? If, I mean, if you paid QB, let's say you paid QB 18 prices on Deshaun Watson, and then you sold for, you know, say you sold for Dak Prescott straight across, and now you have Dak, and now he's elevated, and now you, you can maybe go to Allen, who's having a little downturn. Like what, you see how like the stepping stone can work all the way up where you didn't empty the holster at any given point. And that means you can do it more often. Uh, next up uh, in the big three thoughts, Sam Howell. Uh, so talk about someone that you kind of view him as a rookie. He played one game a year ago. And in terms of so many pass attempts, uh, the offense is going through him. Uh, we saw high variance. It was the high, was the profile coming out of, of North Carolina. And recently, Stacks are a little more in control, not so much on the uh, the David Carr trajectory here and trying to like it's always about controlling and you're seeing that with Josh Allen and a few other of that DNA type quarterback of can you control the downside enough and still let the upside vibrate at a good frequency and we're seeing a good balance recently with Sam Howell. Yeah, we are. And right. This is a good example of teams should be taking quarterbacks like a lot more. Like we actually saw it this year where teams are taking a lot of quarterbacks, you know, Howell didn't deserve to go as low as he did, even though he had clear limitations, he takes sacks way too much. For example, like that's something that we, not even taking sacks, but turning pressures into sacks. Like that's really, that's can be a death knell for a quarterback. It has gotten better. I think some of that schematics, you know, by the way, things change from the first six weeks of the season to the last, you know, the little middle six weeks to the last six weeks, things can change, right. Especially those schematic things, which we're seeing that with him and getting a good benefit of that. Um, I find it really interesting because I think like he might be better than a guy like Brock Purdy, but Purdy's going to play on a team that's so, uh, so much better that he's going to be picking later and you're going to have less, uh, less ability to, uh, you know, draft someone from that cost. I wonder with Howell, like, 
All right. This is a new this is a new uh ownership group. Uh you're playing with a coach that was hired by the old ownership group. Uh and he's employing a fifth round pick at quarterback who's playing pretty good. Um isn't a franchise guy yet. Uh and you wonder like okay, there's a whole lot of you know risk factors there with a quarterback like Howell that I think you know is probably producing at a level that he's that he might be capable of sustaining for a bit, but I'm not sure how how safe that makes him, given just the the related factors around him. So he's one that like if you put him against Purdy, I think you have to take Purdy over him, even though maybe Howell's the better you know quote unquote talent. Yeah, I think Howell is a really great exercise in analysis because the pedigree matters. The where the team is, the team is shedding players. You know, we've seen that and they're kind of prepping for a massive overhaul. And but the other thing I would say that that is in their favor, in Howell's favor, is they're good enough that they're not going to be up in the ideal zone to draft a quarterback. And so you put that together and you say it's house money, so to speak, uh, with Howell and what they're able to do over the next two to three years and build around him. Uh, and frankly, you say build around him. I mean, he already has a good collection of weapons. Like, you know, you know may- maybe not the top shelf guy, but he's got a lot of quality uh, in his weapons. Um, and so for Sam Howell, it's it's a really tough exercise because he didn't, <laughs> he beat out Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that, that was really the biggest point, right? He beat out Jacoby Brissett and now he's been playing well enough to have the job. But when you get to a reset point, in the off season, I mean, what does it take to, to scary a little bit in dynasty? So that's, this is where the pedigree part comes in. We've discussed it with Purdy, but DNA wise, we think the 49ers are more likely to go with that. Like the system is conducive and he's playing really well. Uh, so, you know, they, they seem a lot more comfortable building that all-star team around him. And so for Howell, if they draft a quarterback in round two, does that scare you? If it's later first, it should scare you. I mean, so as day three, the, going over the top and seeing competition, you have a wide range here. So I think you have to be careful with that, but a lot of his comps based on, you know, if you're viewing this as again, his rookie season, it's the second season, obviously, but just in aggregate, he's another one that's underrated when you look at how is he producing NFL wise? And, and it actually should be a little bit better because his underlying data points are more positive and optimistic. Um, our third big thought here, is on the veteran wide receivers. And it's it's mainly a reminder of the upside they have. The three big boys of late, and you, you see the 20-plus point games, and heck, there's upside beyond that. Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett. I mean, this is the old, this is a good cross-section of the quote-unquote old guard that they just keep doing it. Death, taxes, guys like this. <laughs> and And it takes a lot. You know, we, we, you talked about that lens of when do you know someone's good? Well, at wide receiver, when you find out, you kind of want to keep going down that well. Just keep pressing that button like the monkey that gets a treat, you know, every time they, you know, go and, you know, do the dance and, you know, get a donation from somebody on the street. And then they come back and, oh, I get a, I get a treat. Well, you're probably going to go and get donations a lot because <laughs> you want the treat. So Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, these are examples of they can still uh, change the gravity of a passing game. I mean, they brought in Jackson Smith to Jigba. They've got DK Metcalf, but you know who butters the bread? It's Tyler Lockett. <laughs> Still, 
It's still Tyler Lockett in Seattle. You still you cannot kill him. So uh, I, I just think that if you're a team not competing, and this is something we also talked about a lot deeper on our after hours show, is you're sitting there, you're three and seven, you got one of these guys. Don't let a contending team off the hook with some low ball offer because you're going to contend next year, even if you're not this year, and you're probably still going to want these guys. Yeah, it's funny. I, I had a tweet uh, in May that said JSN is going to be stuck as a wide receiver three for two years. And you would have thought that I was praising Satan on Twitter. <laughs> like the reactions to that tweet were something. And, you know, you just there's there's a few things that are just generally true. And if you just accept them, especially when the market doesn't, they're very profitable. And it doesn't take any sort of novel uh discovery it doesn't take any sort of creativity it just takes the willingness to be a little bit different and that is you know when elite quarterbacks are are down you buy them right and when wide receivers that are really productive age you don't panic right and those two things just those two things alone can make you profitable in dynasty right you add in some other roster construction edges and we were talking about you know our all play records and stuff like that in the after hour show on patreon this week like those things add up huge right not being scared of when someone drafts a rookie to come in and compete right keenan allen uh tyler lockett both had that happen you know what both pretty darn durable a uh, big you know big quote downgrade at quarterback from brady to uh baker mayfield for mike evans you know what doesn't matter and you know what's consistently been true for mike evans's career hasn't mattered who's throwing the ball he's been productive with 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 james winston with ryan fitzpatrick with brady with baker it doesn't matter and i just i think that like we take these things for granted because they're not new and they're not, um, you know, they, Tyler Lockett doesn't really get the the heart rate going where a contested catch from George Pickens might, but you know what, like Lockett's going to be the consistently good performer and the other stuff's going to kind of leave you at a higher cost, leave you disappointed. And it's just, it's, it's been so true. And just that change alone in dynasty from trying to be the GM that was like ahead of, you know, young wide receivers and, you know, constantly building through depth that wide receiver through youth guys to a guy that says, you know what, skip all that. I'm going to really pare this down, take productive aging guys and just smash. Right. It has been the best thing that I've done in dynasty in terms of improving my, improving my profitability. And, you know, it's just, this is another banner year for it. What's more likely, predicting a guy to get his first top 24 finish at wide receiver or a guy that's done it nine times doing it a tenth? It's always the it's always the eye repeating, right? It's much easier to repeat the the, the you know the, the easiest yeah. way to think about this is two guys at the same price, right? When they're priced the same at ADP or really, really close to one another within a couple of spots of each other, when one has a hit and one doesn't. Yeah. Like the guy that has a hit is a massive, massive favorite to outproduce the one that doesn't because there's so much insulation in terms of value and age and all that stuff in that guy who hasn't hit that it, that it inflates them up above the, up to the guy uh, with the established productive profile, right? That's the difference, right? That's the thing. And so that's what happens. And like consistently, you know, you give up several rounds worth of production in terms of startup valuation when you make those decisions uh taking the guy that hasn't hit versus the guy that has hit at the same cost yeah we talk all the time about you know you'd love to have young and elite but there's very few of them and it's really costly mm -hmm. now you can get would now you have the prospect of maybe being elite but you know what if they top out at just okay or good 
then what did you really get? You know, you got someone marginal that rotated in and out of your lineup and they didn't really make a difference at any point, but Hey, you had them from 22 to 25. Congratulations. You had the eternal optimism that they were going to break out and they never tilted the offense, their direction, or you can get the guy that's been there, done that. Here's the thing. Like everyone wants, everyone wants to have, like they always talk about uh, consistency, right? Like, I think there was actually a site that would do consistency scores every single year, right? Yeah, there and the was. Whole idea, and the whole idea was that, like, there was always some wide receiver or two that they would consistently score between, like, what, 8 and 17 or something? And be like, this is the most consistent wide receiver on the planet. Yet those are the scores that don't really move the needle much at all in your matchups. So it's like the guy that averaged 16 points per game, but he was constantly within four points per game of that. Or the guy that can blow up, like we were talking about George Kittle, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he put up one or whatever, and then he could put up 30. Well, the one didn't hurt you as much as the 30 helped you. So you'd rather have that. Okay, Kittle really helped me this week. Okay, next week, non-factor. Hopefully Mike Evans picks him up. And guess what he does? So the aggregate is great. <laughs> the aggregate result is you went 2-0. and <laughs> Cause you can absorb that the guys that blow up. Like I looked at some of these teams and it's like, like you, you can have absolute duds, but if you had Keenan Allen and Mike Evans and then, you know, Dak Prescott, I don't care what else you had. You won. Yeah. You won. So it's right. like, that's what matters. Who can put up the 30, who can put up the 40. And like you said, the repeat factor uh, and, and please you're falling out of the race. Do not just sell these guys for the sake of saying, I have to get this age off of my roster because we just went over who's likely to produce in the top 24 next year, these guys or some rando that's never done it that you're hoping, you know, moves up from 1.5 yards per route run. They're currently an ancillary wide receiver. Good luck going from ancillary to I'm the man. (laughs) That is such a massive step. Actually, the one analogy I wanted to say, Jordan is like, if you had to bet on somebody like right now, you know, on your block to say like you, someone has to go run a seven minute mile. Would you rather bet on the guy that runs a few times a week and like they have tons of data points in their profile of running a seven minute mile or bet on the guy where he just says, I think I can do it. (laughs) This is kind of what we're talking about. You would always bet on the first guy. Always. Yes. Exactly. Some guy says dynasty is the only, the only place in the world where you take the other side of that bet, right? Like dynasty champs love to take the other side of that. No, uh, I don't know the possibilities. The possibilities of what could happen, right? Right. Like it's well, it's like, it'd be penny hey, stocks, he's right? Never, it's, he's penny, never it's actually one. it's penny stocks versus blue chips, right? Right. 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 But it's I like could. The, it's like investing in the guy who has never run, you know, who thinks he can run a seven minute mile, but is now, you know, his best right. is nine twenty five, and you're like, wow. Well, or you know, he used to run in him. high school, right? Right. And seventeen years just, ago. Yeah, you're just you're you're what you're pulling for is a massive upset, right? Like that's what you're hoping for. Wouldn't that be a great like the, story? <laughs> right, right. It would be a great story. Right. And if you, you want to play dynasty, dynasty that way, team. go for it. Like yeah. I'd love to have you in my league. All right, we got a Travis Kelsey edition of Did I Get Enough this week? One point seven five tight end premium. Uh, so we got a, a a nice juicy add on there for the position. Travis Kelsey for Michael Mayer, a twenty five first and a twenty six first. By the way, uh, Kelsey's the best thing about this whole Taylor Swift experience has been Kelsey's shirts. I mean, he's got some quality, quality shirts going on in this whole little tour that he's doing. So good on him. Um, do you think he like how many years do you think he plays? 
Like that's well, he, cer- he certainly can devolve to Jason Witten if he wants to. If he wants to, but you yeah. he's like he has the world in front of him about like what he could do outside of football. Like he yeah. could be a movie star, he could do, you know, sure. a television show. Well, he could do he has all sorts of other options. And I just wonder, is he gonna age like Gates or Witten? Or is he gonna age like Gronkowski? Where you know, again, Gronkowski and him are like the same age and, and Kelsey's still out producing, but more what I mean is like, you kind of get to the end and instead of holding on and playing, you know, 50% snapshot, instead of doing the Jimmy Graham, right. You just go out. And, and I, I kind of wonder, like, again, he's the type of guy that could be Gonzalez into his late thirties, but I, I just don't know. I think that that's kind of the thing that sort of shapes these conversations for me. I look at that deal though. And I, I think like, all right, down the stretch of the season, he can win. Like he can change probably your reality. It's a big price to give up, but I don't think Mayer's ever going to be Kelsey. And, you know, if you got a shot at a tight end one stretch here for the rest of the way in a premium format and a 50, 50 shot at him playing next year, right? Like, I think you take Kelsey, right? I think that's how you kind of think about it. And where would you put like, you know, if I gave you the over under on of a half of a season for the rest of his career after, you know, after this year, where, where do you take the over or the under a half of a season playing? Yeah. You're taking the over, right? Yeah. I mean, I could see it if they win the Super Bowl, like him exiting and being like, Hey, that was a really great run, mm-hmm. you know, and I got a lot of other stuff. I'm in my now what he'd be 34, I think next year or something like that. Or maybe he turns 34 late this season. I can't remember, but um, I, I think so two aspects for this for me. Well, obviously one question I was going to ask you is as a contender, you can't really trade Kelsey, right? Like it's almost impossible to validate that in your head. So that's the first part. So yeah. this must like, and Kelsey is, how is he on a non-contender? I, I just don't know how he's moved all that often because if it's stock one tight end, I guess you could be on a team non-playoff, but in premium, I don't know how you're worse than four and six at absolute minimum. So I don't know how I'll say this. I think even not being a big mayor fan, those picks and it's 1.75 with, so it's not even two. So 1.5, we wouldn't move the needle that much, right? Mm-hmm. Two, we would. This is in between those. So it's not full on. It's not full on for some of the scorings we typically talk about. I think even without those, like a guarantee that those picks are early, like the likelihood that you roll snake eyes and they're both late, and then you have the flexibility, like couldn't you trade Mayer in one of the firsts for Hawkinson? Or probably like at least start a discussion about Andrews. Like you, you have, or or go after Laporta. I mean, you have a lot of options. So I just think you get those two picks, and you may have another tight end that's better than Mayer. So mm-hmm. anyway, so I I think at this point of his career, you have to take the first. Interesting. Yeah. I, here's the. But, but again, again it's one point seven five. Down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the assumption that you're not contending mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i find a rare scenario right and i i kind of think about the teams with which you would do this on right so I'm, well the I'm, teams that would trade these like the, i i get that they would project as late right i mean this right. is a team that says i'm missing tight end and i'm going to cash in my future picks to get kelsey and move the needle right so you would probably project them at the point of trade as 
playoff first. Right. But as we know, those are pretty far out. Right. Well, you think about how this how this deal originates, right? It's a team that was a late first last year because they won the league or were, were in the championship or right had an elite team. They drafted Mayer at, at 111. And now they're saying, okay, I'm going to cash in two future picks. I'll say this about the trade. Um, it's really smart to take the tail end of that, right? If you're selling Kelsey, right? Like you want to take a 2016 to 2026 first, right? Like so you the 24 right? and then a 24. Right. And this is, again, I, I, I always think like when we're, and we're going to talk about dynasty trading is, uh, you know, around the trade deadline uh, on the Patreon side this week. But one of the things to do is like pay the price now, right? Pay the price right now. Right. Don't don't force that out into the future. Don't take the big credit card debt because that can really hurt in the future. Um, yeah, I kind of look at this and I'm like, I, the way I see this trade going down, it's an it's a Mahomes Allen type team. Right. That's that's kind of in my mind's eye who makes this deal. And so I kind of can justify it from that perspective. I, I do think you're right in this perspective of like, does Andrews cost this much? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like that would be the 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 flip side of that. Like, I don't think Mayor's a big I don't think Mayer is going to do anything. The reason that you'll lose this pick or regret this trade is because the picks turn really early. I don't think it's that Mayer is going to be elite. And I think like that's the way you kind of got to shape that. And then you think, okay, how can I combat that? You know, is there a deal where I can do less for, you, know, you have this in your pocket and assuming this is in your inbox, which is probably how this is going down because that's the counter that someone made to you. Right? Take it and say, okay, well, I know I can accept this, right? That's the perfect thing. You can, you then flip and say, okay, well, now I can re-offer this back out at some lower price and I'll offer it to the person that's, you know, that's got Andrews. I'll offer it to the Hawkinson person, like I'll offer it to the Laporta person. Like if I, if I think, you know, that's a, that's an available thing for me. And I think that that's a good way to kind of spin this, but um, I kind of look at that deal and I'm like, if I, if I think that there's a chance that Kelsey's like a top six guy next year, I can justify it with the numbers um, and then you have the tail outcome of like, he plays five years and like this trade destroys, you know what I mean? Like, so that's, that's the, you know, that's it's, I, I do think it's a lot of like comfort and, and kind of where your team is at and kind of what you project going forward. Cause there's a chance that this really hurts in the long run. Yep. Uh, another one, we got some full two PPR tight end in this one, and it's Dalton Kincaid on the move. Uh, he's been on a heater of late, uh, shown a lot of what, uh, folks expected him to be in that Buffalo offense and traded for another riser this year. So we've got Dalton Kincaid for Jake Ferguson and a 24 first. This is interesting. I think we like both players a lot. Um, I think we like Kincaid a real lot. Um, I think we like Ferguson a lot, right? No, there's a, you know, is that, is that real a lot? Uh, the Jordan the sets first. record for saying a lot <laughs> on a podcast in nine seconds. There it is. Um, it's a, it's, a substantial amount to pay for a rookie tight end. Is it? I will say that. Well, well at least he's played. You're at playing, least it's not in August. You're playing a first again. So you let's make some assumptions about how this deal goes down. It's a probably a contending. It's probably a back half of the of the round first, right? Uh, I I do think there's some risk factor with Ferguson. Like we can really like Ferguson, but they have they have. Um, uh, Luke Schumacher, Luke, Luke Schumacher the, the tight end that they drafted this year is a day two guy. So like he does face a threat there and Kincaid faces Knox, but man, isn't Kincaid like the type of guy that like we can like Ferguson more in like the Goddard sort of realm of the position. And we well, can, again, like, he was coming from the tight end twenties. Like it's a right. really great story that he was right. able to get the, like 
like Dalton Schultz, right? Like he right. came from the ether to win the job and produce on an offense. And right. that is but valuable. But Kincaid to say that he gets the ability all the home, to be right? like Josh Allen's best receiver for five right. years, <laughs> if not longer. Yeah. By the and way, just last to... Stefan Diggs on this team. Right. It goes but... without saying. Yeah, well, Trayvon Diggs is trying to uh, get Stefan Diggs out of Buffalo at a rapid pace on Twitter this week. So, who knows what's going on there? I'd love to. I'd love to be a fly in the wall in those meetings. But, um, but yeah, so I, I do think it is a big upgrade, right? And I think that the the person again, assuming that this is a late first, right? And now you have the more information because you're right ten weeks into the season, you know have you have a better idea if is that going to be a playoff first or not. Right, kind of using those principles, like I can, I can justify doing a deal like this. Yeah, um, the way I I categorized it uh, is that needs to be a non-playoff first, and it probably isn't. You know mm-hmm. that if that's a playoff first, and like you said, you're making the upgrade, and Kincaid is a far more durable profile. You do get the full tight end premium, and I'll just highlight that one thing in dynasty trading that I view a little differently than previous like let's say five years ago is i handle first in premium formats a little bit different than the one one quarterback and so i think you need to tread lightly when you trade first and you really have to ensure it's a great deal in especially with two ppr for tight end you get tight ends boosted up uh and whether or not you draft the players or whatever it gives more intrinsic value to the tradeability of those picks where 110 when you juice tight end and you got super flex you know, all of a sudden you get a class that has four, four quarterbacks that go in there, you're getting the fifth best non-quarterback, you know, and if there's one or two tight ends of prominence, all of a sudden you're getting like running back two at 110. you know what I mean? Like, or you're getting wide receiver three, uh, that had, you know, that was drafted 12 overall in the NFL draft at, at 110. like you, so you have to be a little more careful because that scenario doesn't exist in a stock format. So you trade. So, so that's to say you got to be careful, but I do think this is being careful. You know, you're sitting there. It's probably going to be, it's probably non-playoff. You're probably one of the better teams. You're upticking a position that Ferguson was probably your starter. And now you're getting Kincaid and now you're, you know, you're shooting, you're shooting with big time ceiling, uh, a big time floor on a big time offense. Not that, 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 uh, that Ferguson isn't, but the point is you are insulating your, that round one pedigree and the pairing with Allen, it's hard to put a number on that that Ferguson just does not have in terms of insulation factor. The likely outcome in the next five years is Dalton Kincaid is regularly in the top 10, right? Yes. And that would be an unlikely outcome in a five-year aggregate sample size for Ferguson. Absolutely. All right. Uh, from life and dynasty, learning lessons. And uh, Jordan, this is, a, this is a big one for me. I've kind of self-analyzed myself. I think I'm going through a little bit of a midlife crisis. I don't know what the age range is. I thought it was like, what, 40 to 50 something? No, I'm not buying a Corvette. <laughs> but but I think a midlife crisis can be in a number of forms. And I don't want to like, I'll just say I'm getting more particular about stuff and it's in a more amplified way. And I'll highlight that in terms of dynasty of just saying, in terms of a career arc, a midlife crisis, I almost think of, what is it, Murtaugh and the Lethal Weapon where you go, I'm getting too old for this S. Like, I think I think if you say that in Dynasty, like we kind of are old men 
doing this show. Like you could easily transpose this and we could be having the same conversation at 62 years old um, <laughs> because, and, and we'll reference the same things. And hopefully our listeners are still alive and <laughs> they, they will uh, you know, know these references from the early 2020s or 20 teens or whatever. And I think it, the dynasty midlife crisis is when you get to the point where you go, I'm going to stop messing around. Like, what is it I actually want to execute? What is it I actually want to do? How do, how am I going to optimize my time? How do I want my teams to look when I draft a team? What are my objectives? And you get very matter of fact, I think it's almost like, you know, if you get a couple of people that are like 58 years old and they've been married a couple of times, it's like, you get them in a dating environment. I think it's very cut and dry. You know, it's the opposite of like high school. And it's just like, are we dating? Are we not dating? What's happening here? You know, are you going to text me? He waited two, two hours to text me back. Like, there's a lot of like, what are you guys doing? Like, what is this mess? And, and like, it's very, like, they probably come with their living will in their in their pocketbook at 68 years old. And they're just like, yeah, how many crazy relatives do you have? Like, that's like a first date question, <laughs> you know, in the, in the senior community. And I think in dynasty, it's like, you stop messing around with trade offers, right? You stop like nibbling on the corners. Like, like I think of it like a starting pitcher in baseball, you know, how like some pitchers it's a, you know, they're, they're up Oh two and you see them just waste three balls. And the, the hitter almost knows it two two curves in the dirt. And then they try to nibble the corner and all of a sudden it's a full count and it's game on, but you wasted three pitches. How many more do you have in your arm? You know, you just wasted them. And then you see someone like Greg Maddox. He never got the full count because at two Oh, I mean, sorry, at Oh two, he just got you out. <laughs> he threw the cutter on the corner and you grounded out to short. So he didn't waste around. He got out of that inning and he pitched 85 pitches and he got the complete game. So I think in dynasty, we start saying, what am I going after? What's my objective? And when you first start out in dynasty, I don't think you realize all the things you don't know. You might win your, win a league at some point in your early arc. And you're like, oh, this is easy. You know, you're like the, uh, what is it? Brooks kept you, uh, you know, of, of dynasty. This is easy. I don't even practice, bro. I'm too good for this. And then but you start realizing what you don't know. And I, I just think the quicker you can have that midlife crisis of like, I'm going to optimize my time. I'm going to optimize my process. I'm going to optimize what profiles look like to me then and optimize, honestly, like this, the, when I transition to listening and I know I'm saying this on a podcast, listening to less dynasty podcasts, fewer dynasty podcasts, or if I listen to NFL stuff, it's very specific about what I want to or need to hear at specific times during the week or year. I think that will help you as opposed to taking everything in, because then you can always think back to someone that said something that validates whatever wackadoodle thing that you want to do. So that would be the midlife crisis, life to dynasty connection. Love it. Yeah. Just, just skip all the ancillary stuff and get right down to it. And it's meat. What is the meat? And it's funny because I do think like along that line, like as I've aged, I've cared less about what people thought about me. So I've been fine being more of an outlier in terms of like, you know, like, Hey, I'll go ride my bike by myself. Or I don't really care how my dynasty teams look uh, relative to what everyone did, does. In April. Or, you know, I, I, yeah. Or I, you know, I don't care if my take on a certain player is vastly different than everybody else, because 
know, I've got real reasons for it. And, you know, I, I'm fine being out on a limb, right? 21 year old Jordan, right? Sort of new age Jordan, young, you know, young dynasty player Jordan wouldn't have thought that way. Now, like pretty, pretty confident, pretty content, know exactly what we want. Like, I, I really like that analogy. What's on the premium side of Dynasty Think Tank this week? So we went deep um, on a, a host of topics on the After Hours show. I already mentioned, and then we're going uh, on on Deeper Dive this week, which is our, our uh, premium show for our star contributors. That is uh, going to be talking about Dynasty trading at the trade deadline, which are coming up or you know some people have them some people don't but this is the time of season where they kind of get here we're going to talk about some rules and some different constructs to you know, to kind of follow and be careful about when you get to this time of year excellent yeah and that's all available at patreon.com slash dynasty think tank thanks so much for listening this week and follow us on twitter at chad parsons nfl at mcnamara dynasty you can also find our own content streams for dynasty at analytics of dynasty.com and uth dynasty.com As always, unlock your ceiling and seek elite results. 